Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Never more. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by El Fagador Laurie Blake. How's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm alright, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, bud. I'm pretty good. How have you been? Yeah, very well, very well. I'm knackered today for no apparent reason. I had to have a little nap at lunchtime. Did you like, really? That's, yeah, that's it. I've, not, I've watched AEW, mate. That's all I've done. So. <laughs> Just watched a bit of wrestling and it's knackered yeah, you out. Yeah, I know. I'm not used to the world. That's the problem. Yeah. Are you sleeping all right, like in general? Yeah, I mean, I got up quite early because I went to the climbing centre, so it's not like it's not like I after haven't the done things. Incident. Oh yeah, after the finger incident, it was like now it's sort of it's not in focus, but you're sort of like back to almost being a regular finger. There's definitely like a a line where the new skin is and the old skin. <laughs> so what, what is it that exactly happens? Because this is like your I, first trip to the climbing centre, like since they started to reopen and stuff, and you did yourself. Yeah, visit. it was in the first week. So I, did, I went three times in the first week, and on the third visit, I put my like it was like a low start, so you had to have your hands down low, and then you have to put like your foot where one of your hands is, and basically my foot slipped from where my hand was, which was like it's fine, didn't fall very far, but because of the way I fell, it just like slid my hand across the hole at the same time which i think because my skin was quite weak from not having any calluses on it because i haven't been climbing for three months just took the top the the full top of my finger off uh like in a way that i've not yeah it was it was a proper like meaty chunk of flesh that was just hanging loose as a flap and it was bleeding quite a lot uh so i had to go home and i had to bandage that up and then i had to cut off all the extra bits of skin gross uh, and then like this like weird i don't know like i don't know if you i don't know if you've seen attack on titan but uh that's what <laughs> the finger reminds me of is that kind of like when when they're there's a lot of titans in attack on titan that have no skin they've just got mm-hmm. muscle on the outside and then like uh <laughs> when they when the people turn back in when the titans turn back into people there's all this kind of mix of like some skin and some some bits that are the inside that's what i felt my finger looked like for many days 
Gross. It's just like bright red at the top, and then the rest of it's just normal. But uh, I went climbing on it today, and it's fine. It's okay. Well, that's the main thing. He thinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to come off again. It's inevitably going to fall off again. So there you go. Well, I'm really glad that we had this conversation because we've had a few, have had a few emails in this year alone by people saying like, your stories on the podcast are gross. Stop telling gross stories about like having oh, well, teeth removed go. and stuff like that. Just like talk about nice things. I was going to talk about- I've got a good one about getting a tooth removed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have, we had enough emails about tooth being yeah. removed. Have, you ever, gonna, have um... you ever felt your head creak? Because I have. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to message, uh, mention about the photo that Ollie sent us yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, and so I, I do want to, like, quite, you know, put this out there. This isn't the work. Like, he's not, mm. he is shoot-taking time off for, for this hair transplant. I, I've had several people message me. Like, uh, fans have messaged me, but also, like, people that we've done work with have messaged me going, like, is this a work? Like is this like is this a shoot mm. thing? And I'm like, I would go back to like, yeah, no, it don't work. This is 100 percent a shoot that he is uh, going for surgery. I mean, if he had it. What a weird work it would be. Oh, I if know. He came well, back yeah, without man. one as well. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like he sent us a message yesterday because his surgery was yesterday. <clears throat> I sent him a message in the morning, hoping he was okay, and he said, "Yeah, I'm fine." And he sent me a picture of like the bandages he had around his head from like the the first mm. part of it. Like, so I was texting him at lunchtime, and then about four half four maybe he sent us a text message no it was before that because the the nxt review still on. so it was like about half three maybe um and it was like the start i think of like so essentially what they do is they they remove the hair follicles from the back and then they spend the next part of the day making the incisions where the hair follicles were going to be inserted <sighs> And that was the photo he then sent us. So what he had was just this, like, not, it wasn't blood. It was blood red, but it wasn't bleeding. It was just, like, lots of blood red holes mm. of where his new hairline is going to be. And it was disgusting. Yeah, um, it's like a, it's like a yeah. tattoo, but without the art, isn't it? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll bring it's the a... center button out for this. I'll bring the center button out for this. It was fucking <laughs> gross. It was absolutely. <laughs> it was really disgusting. quite quite minging. Uh, yeah, it, does, it it looks like someone's done a really botched job of like scalping him or oh yeah, giving him a yeah, get like it's like they're putting a new head on him, but they've only done half of it. It's really yeah, really quite disgusting. Yeah, uh, he and he's paying for the privilege. Well, yeah, exactly. He sent me a message being like, you can use this as podcast content if you want. And I was like, I don't think I do want to use this as podcast content, to be fair. Like, I don't think I do want to put this out. Like, I sent it to Pete when he was doing the NXT review so he could react to it live. Um, But he was uh, quite restrained in not putting it up on screen, which I think was probably for the best. (laughs) I hate that. I hate that. Uh, well, let's talk about something that I didn't hate, uh, the AEW show. Um, so we're now going to review that show. Here it is. The Hype is real. Next week, AEW will be airing Blood and Guts one year on from when they were supposed to do it this time with the pinnacle and the inner circle. And on this episode of Dynamite, we had the parlay between the two teams where essentially they just cut 
rad promos on each other and it ruled and it got me super duper hyped for it but we're going to talk about that i am luke and i'm joined this week by your jam that champion or laurie blake still here oh after wrestle jam yeah he is still the champion, everyone. Oh, I mean, and you faced quite a tough task at WrestleJamia, didn't you? Because you didn't have just oh. one. You didn't have three. You had two people that you needed to defend that against. And one of them was actually competent in Andy Datsun. And then oh, mm. there was Adam as well. Saw off Datsun. Made the Simpson the stands cry when I beat Adam Blompier. Wrestled him to an immaculate draw, which I won. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And now, what are we booking for Wrestle Champion Backlash? Back Jam. Oh, Wrestle whatever, Back we're jam. Call, whatever we're calling it. I'm the champion. Yeah. I've I'm bloody proved myself as the, the most dominant champion this company has ever seen. And who are we lined up for the next pay per view? Blooming B Lister, Louis Dangor. Hey, now. Hey now, you're an all-star. He has he has brought us lots of lovely exclusive bits of news, and he did earn that opportunity by uh, winning the gauntlet match in almost like flawless style as well. Uh, so the best of luck to the both of you. Uh, thank you to the chat as well, who's just alerted me that the thumbnail has broken again. Thanks YouTube. I've now got to fix that live on air. Great one. Now I've done it. Don't it up again youtube anyway we're gonna be talking about blood and guts and oh yeah my is my blood boiling now youtube um we got talking about uh AEW's blood and guts which is happening next week and yeah there was a promo segment on this week's show between uh, the inner circle and the pi- uh, i didn't call it the pineapple then the pinnacle coming out to like <laughs> <laughs> should call it the pineapple it's so good <laughs> may as well do well, the crowd were chanting it jericho used it gets stuck in my head clearly and um like tony runs down the rules which is there are two rings they'll be surrounded by a cage there will be a roof above it and the only way to win is for um submission or surrender and i kind of thought it was a bit lame that they were going to do a coin toss to like mm. uh, determine like who's going to have the disadvantage and i was like hmm that's a bit crap like because usually you send you know in matches and stuff like that which is you know a cool way to do it but in the end it was sammy Guevara kind of like stepped up he was sort of like goaded into it by sean spears and the inner circle quite rightly so as the baby faces are going into this at a disadvantage but kind of like just before we get into the promo itself um what are your hype levels for the blood and guts match next week i, I mean from the promo i'm incredibly hyped now i really like this setup i'm very high on the pinnacle i think they're 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 a great teaming i'm excited to see what they're going to do all together um and i think yeah the inner circle just under jericho it he was so good this week in that like this is why you get jericho to to make your match sing before it's even started and yeah i'm hoping that yeah they can pull off what is quite a complex match to do on a tv show to be fair like this is a very very complex match to run on a tv show and uh it could be complete chaos but i'm i'm very hopeful that aw are going to pull it off massively yeah i kind of wonder how it's going to like play out on television because the way that AEW television tends to work is that like your first half hour has no ad breaks like the first match that you put on has no ad breaks in it and then you Mm. have more ad breaks throughout the rest of the show and usually have ad breaks in the middle of them you would imagine that blood and guts is going to headline the show yeah so like are they going to be able to present this without any ad breaks or is it going to have to like cut the ad breaks because i think the cut to the ad breaks might kind of like 
maybe sort of spoil some of the potential of the they're getting the heat and things like that, which is why, again, I think this should have been saved for pay-per-view. Get why you're putting on TV, but I think this should have been done on pay-per-view. And are you going to have like, because surely it's going to be an, like an hour, right? Like mm. including entrances, you'd have like your second hour, top of the hour. This is when it starts. So your first hour is like the the tag match with Mox and Omega the, and it's um, Britt Baker's having a match and you've got like a four-way tag match. So actually, for what, last week they said it was a one-match card, like a one-match one event. Now there's like 12 matches on the card, typical <laughs> AEW fashion. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, like I, I, I kind of hope that the ad breaks don't ruin any of the potential flow that it could have. Yeah, I would try and put them like because I imagine Sammy Guevara is going to get beaten down for a, a serious amount of time going in. I feel like that that's kind of the given. He's going to be that babyface in peril for a long while, and then obviously the title. So and I would I would put my ad breaks if I was going to put any in at the point where you're still filling up the ring. Yeah, because you don't want anything. Once all ten guys are in there, you don't want anything messing with that match you don't want any any disruptions you just want to let it all play out because yeah there's not going to be much of a moment if if, if war games are anything to judge by there's not going to be really any breathing room yeah uh just a bit of clarification we've had from the chat apparently the the, the one match event thing is just for the live crowd which means i'm guessing then they've already taped everything else like the um uh the moxley tag match and Britt baker's <laughs> match and everything like that they've obviously taped that either this week or last week oh um, so that suggests they're not going to have the two rings there yeah, full time the then next week yeah, yeah. Which is actually a pretty good thing as well, because like the, when and all the NXT takeover shows where you've had the two ring setup, it always has looked very weird on TV. Like when you're watching the baby, it's like, there's just an empty ring there. I've always liked how some wrestlers use that, though, to kind of like uh, use that as part of their storytelling uh, for spots and stuff. And also they pick different ones, for, like give them both a bit of an e equal warm up as the, as the event goes <laughs> on. But yeah. Yeah, so this promo segment, uh, it was so, so good. It started off with Sean Spears having a pop at, um, at Sammy Guevara, talking about how, like, and I love this line where he said, you know, Jericho is leading you into deep water, and I am going to be the man who stands on your head while you're drowning. It's like, oh, that's a really, really great mm. line. This is when, And that's what caused Sammy to kind of, like, snap and say, like, we'll walk in. I'm going to start this match. I will do the whole thing. I'm, you know, I want to be there from the very beginning. And how that... Um, you fail, you're a failure in AEW. You've done literally nothing in this company but mm -hmm. fail, which is funny because that's exactly what you did in your last job as well. Yeah, I thought, I thought, but like, I thought Spears came out on fire here with this promo. Like the bit where he, he said he turned to Sammy after starting the promo and Sammy looked, glanced down at the mention of his name and he went, Look at me. I was like, yeah. this, is, <laughs> this is brilliant. And then, yeah, that, that line about um, Jericho's leading you into deep water and I'm going to be the guy standing on your head next week. Oh. Perfect. Which, again, like feels like a trap that they've now led Sammy into because Sammy's quite proud. And so Sammy has put himself forward and given his team the disadvantage here against all these heels for the, like, for the purposes of, of what? Because someone said, when was the last time you wrestled a match? Like... I think this is, is very smartly played by AEW mm. to, to book it this way because, yeah, it, these matches do not work with the uh, heels at a disadvantage. They just, they just don't they work. Really There's, don't. It's 20, 25 minutes of like, oh, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Some companies have tried to, like TNA, I remember, did a war games where like the, the baby faces 
were at the advantage and actually like the nxt war games they did last year with the in the women's war game match like the baby faces had the advantage and i was like it's just a backward way of telling the story of like because all of a sudden mm. you've got two baby face beating up one heel you're not really getting much heat there if uh or your one heel is beating up two baby faces on their own making your baby faces look crap like it's <laughs> it, it's it's a a bit of a, an issue with this before we do carry on mr davis has arrived just to say hello to everyone um I do hope you're resting up, though, because mm. you look like <laughs> you look like hell in the image that you sent us yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we, th then, everyone, I, I loved MGF's promo. I loved Jericho's promo, obviously, but the promo that really sold me on the danger of this match because it kind of like it was kind of three separate things, right? So like Sean Spears and and Sammy were their promos were about. Um, you know them as singular people and then ftr cut their promos on santana and ortiz like we you know cash dying off being like mm -hmm. like i don't want i don't want this version of santana and ortiz like i want the proper santana and ortiz to show up next week but it was dax when dax gets the microphone and he's like i've made peace with my family already about what's going to happen next week about the fact that i'm not coming home like I, I, you know, this is a match where it's like you are going to have to kill us in order to like make us surrender and, and this and the other. And it's like I've, I've told my wife, I've told my kids the dangers of this. He was really putting over, it. and he was like, Santana, like you just got, you got a young kid, man. Like you got a young daughter. Like does she know? Mm. Does she know what you're like? Her dad is stepping into. Uh, before you get on that plane next week, and you fly here. I want you to tell her. I want you to hug her and give her a little message from Dax. The daddy ain't coming home. And it was like it's like really like hammering home the dangers and like the peril and the violence of this match. And it was as much as I loved Jericho and MJF's interactions and their promo. For me, it was Dax that really sold me on this about like this is a match that I need to I need to watch next week. So it wasn't Wardlow and Hager just silently staring just at each other there. in the background the whole time. Yeah, just not just not saying <laughs> anything, just staring at each other. But I love I love the fact that this like set up that this is like this is a, this is a match of counterparts, like and it, it's built that way. Like I think NXT's recent war games have struggled to find anything quite on the the level of like here's here's this one team and here's this other really well defined team. Like it was always undisputed era and then someone else. And I think this this does a really good job of being like. This is this is really about who is the the best all round faction in the company because they've got one of everything. They've got your main eventer, they've got your tag team, they've got your mid card guy, and they've got your monster. Like the, the, both teams are like a complete package of how you would build a faction. Um, yeah. And I think this this considering that a lot of companies and a lot of wrestling struggles to have these kind of like promo cascades essentially where you know everyone has a turn on the mic this managed to hold my attention amazingly well like this everyone had something i think it's probably why they didn't give hager and wardlow the microphone but like that's how you managed to sort of hammer through this because every sort of everybody had something different to do like sammy got to to be like the uber baby face and um ftr really played the kind of like they played up the violence, but then they also turned it kind of sickening because they started to mention uh, Santana and Ortiz's kids and all that kind of stuff. And they sort of started twisting with that. And that that really sort of started to fire them up and they got to fire back. And then, yeah, the MJF and Jericho stuff, like just when MJF raises that bar up from like these, these were already on fire promos and MJF just cuts this amazing promo. Jericho just tops it with something yeah. utterly oh. unbelievable. It was so good. I love that you need to um, 
how the two teams have got like one of everything and they are you know so evenly matched uh davis i think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago described them as you know that scene in shawn of the deads when they meet the like <laughs> the reality version. just it's just spider-man it's the spider-man meme <laughs> But yeah, so like I loved Jericho's pro- uh, uh, MJF's promo first, where you know wrestling psychology one hundred and one, put over the person that you're facing, because mm. if you get beat by them, that's cool because you got beat by someone that you put over in a promo as being like they were amazing. But if you beat them, that means that you beat the person that you said is already the best. That's why, like you know, I love the promo between uh, Triple H and Cactus Jack for Rumble two thousand. It's just both of them being like okay like you're this you're that and you're the best at this but i'm the game and i'm this and i'm that and like and and so like mjf's first thing was just like this is what you've been waiting for since you came here thank you because you're Mm. the star here without you aew will probably wouldn't be at the level that it's at at the moment because you're you're some you're a name draw you're a name value you're a name star you were the champion of this company you brought in those lapsed fans that gave up on wrestling 20 years ago and you have been because of you and all of your accolades you have made it possible for the boys in the back to put food on their table at home and feed their families but i'm seeing a change in you i can see that your eyes are draining and i can see that you are the pressure of that has gotten to you heavy is the head that wears the crown so let me do you a favor and take that crown from you and i'll place it on top of my head and i'll carry that burden and when you when i do and i do and i beat you into a bloody pulp i'll say to you again thank you it was so so great man I think also just like just the you look tired, like, you know, I think this all plays into the kind of like Jericho is not in the condition that Jericho was in five years ago, even. And like Jericho has carried so many companies on his back by this point that, you know, he does look like he's beginning to sort of reach retirement age for a wrestler. And I think that that just really made me go, oh, yeah, no, MJF has a point here. But then Jericho to flip that on his head and say, like, you don't understand that, like, to think you can take somebody else's spot. And then he just gives him this, like, brilliant rundown of wrestling history to just be like, you you have to earn this stuff. Like, you can't just walk in, beat someone and take the spot. That's not the way it happens. And it's also like... You know, you have to also in wrestling, you have to give up your spot to some degree, which uh, certain people in wrestling haven't done before. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love the fact that he says like, you know, we are blood and guts. And then Tully comes in to try and cut off the promo. And Jericho's like, no, you're not cutting off my promo. And goes on for like another good minute and a half here being like, you know, we're a family. You're just like five guys who've known each other for like a couple of months. Like me and Hager go all the way back and these guys have had my back and and Sammy, you know, he left and all this stuff, but like he really builds up this kind of this feeling that the inner circle actually are very close knit here. And the pinnacle are just five guys five who have as- five guys with aspirations that can, that, that, that kind of align currently. But that is a very tenuous place to be when you're all five bad guys, right? Like, you know, whichever one of them, if MJF ever does get to the top of the game, it will be one of those guys coming after him. Yeah. And I loved his ending line of like 1969 was the summer of love. Well, 2021 will be the summer of violence and pain. And for you next week, summer's coming early. 
And like I was, I it got me so so hyped. I've, I've said this in the review that I did over on the Wrestle Talk channel. I've written in my notes here. I want to do a live stream reaction to this show now. Like we don't usually do like AEW Dynamite live stream reactions, but I'm so excited for this match, and I really do think it's something to go out of your way to watch. I'm quite tempted to do a live stream. It may just be me on my own, but I will just do. <laughs> but I will do a live stream because <laughs> I want to watch it live, and like, and I want to like. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm super, super excited for this, and I think it's going to be great. I, my question to you, I guess, before we move on, is who do you think is going to win? <sighs> I think the Pinnacle have to win. Yeah, they're the new act, and they have to like they have to they have to win here. And I think I would have Sammy take the pin because oh, yeah. I would have I would have Sammy's put himself forward to to be in there first to be the one who's ground down. Or I I mean, you could also do it that it looks like it's going to be Sammy who gives up, and Sammy won't give up, and then Jericho gives up. It gives up for him. But like gives up like yeah, somewhat like yeah, so either Jericho on his or, behalf. Yeah, or Jericho gives up from his own beating, but Sammy holds it together, and then you can kind of do that stuff with them. But I don't know, yeah. Like uh people are suggesting Sammy turns heel in the chat currently, but I think the pinnacle have to win this. Like I, I just think it's it's if if this is a continuation of a feud. Pinnacle have to win to go over to I build so. to MJF and Jericho, and I think even if it's the end of the feud, it, it will be the nail in the coffin for the Pinnacle way too early. And it's like, I think can so. can Sean Spears realistically survive another <laughs> loss like this? Another one, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the Pinnacle's got to win uh, on this one. I, I do think like the end goal that they've got here is MJF versus Jericho, at, um, double or nothing. Mm-hmm. So. And I wonder if they'll kind of like, you know, use that like double or nothing, you know, winner like takes all like, you know, the losers disband and this, that and the other. Maybe they can play that into the, with the faction warfare. But I do think the singles match is the way forward. And if, if you're going to build to a singles match, I really do think, yeah, Pinnacle wins this war or wins this battle so that you can finish the war. Which is, again, why I think it's so weird that this is like a stepping stone to a singles match. It's so weird that this is not the finale to this feud. I think the MJF Jericho match at Double or Nothing is going to be for Jericho's retirement. Ooh. Oh, it will wow. be for it, will be, it, it might be it might be a worked retirement, but it will be loser leaves the company because it's yeah. all about his spot that MJF wants, right? Yeah, like, you're right. Then, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not gonna he's gonna realize that he can't have the spot even if he wins this match. He's gonna realize he can't have Jericho's spot because every week they're gonna be singing Judas when Jericho mm-hmm. comes out and the only way he's going to take Jericho's spot is by Jericho not occupying it anymore because he's not in the company. Yeah, yeah that's a really good shout. I didn't think of that, but I think you might be on something there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, but yeah, let us know what you thought uh, of the promo in the Hyper Chats, the Omega Chats, rather. This is an AEW review. And let's dive into those right now. The Portuguese Mr. Davis says, Hey, lads, thought this week's show was great as usual. The promo segment of MJF and Jericho was amazing. Those two are simply great on the mic. However, thought the main event spa, uh, post angle was, eh, starting to not feel excited when Sting is on TV. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that, that when we get to yeah, we'll get to that when we get to the main event. Anthony Velasquez says, damn good show as always by AW. So excited for Blood and Guts uh, next week. And also uh, mirror into that TNT title program now. It was awesome during his segment tonight. God, wasn't he just? Yeah, we can talk about that as well when we get to I'm it. really excited uh, to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, Jared Hazelwood, could you see uh, a way for Inner Circle to win Blood and Guts and not bury the pinnacle? Not sure if I'm just a mark or AEW has earned that much trust in me, but if anyone could book a feud where the new faction loses but comes out strong, is it probably AEW? Yeah, I just, I just, I don't, I cannot see a way through it where the pinnacle loses and they retain any kind of credibility. Yeah. So it, it makes yeah. me think like, you know, maybe, they, maybe they've been thrown together for the purposes of this match. And you know they might disband them afterwards, yeah, but that feels like a shame, really. That does, yeah, it really does. Um, Malouis says, to be honest, I wasn't that hyped about Blood and Guts until that promo last night. Take my money. And lastly, on this for now, Stephen Guzman said, "God, I love Sean Spears. He had the best part of the promo for me. I hope moving forward we see uh, him become Pinnacle's cold killer, making him a hauntingly violent man, the Pinnacle's Ice Man, essentially." I really love that. And I, I mean, to kind of echo what Malouis, um said as well. Do uh, uh, I apologize if I said that wrong? Um, I was like excited for Blood and Guts because. It's the Blood and Guts match. You know, it's, it's it's war games. That's quite, you know, it's a fun thing to get excited about. But yeah, it was this promo segment was where, I, that, that as I said, that was where it made me go like, oh, maybe I should do a live stream watch along of this because I think it'll be awesome. I think it's a gear shift as well, right, for the Inner Circle because they have been involved in a lot of silly recently yeah. in AEW. And like, you know, even, sta- even far, as far back as Stadium Stampede and stuff, that was quite goofy overall. Um, and this feels like a real change of, 
tempo for them. Um, so it'd be good to see that, like, you know, they've got some of the best wrestlers in the world in that faction. So it'd be really good to see them firing on all cylinders. Uh, well, let's dive into the whole show now, do the play-by-play for AEW Dynamite, because it's Thursday, you know what that means. And we were kicking off a stacked old card uh, of uh, a show today with uh, a big-time match, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, no involvement from Christian Cage or Ethan Page, and it was not a Cage match. Um, <laughs> but it was like, uh, this was... I, I was really surprised by this match. I knew it was going to be good because it's Iron Man Page and it's Brian Cage. But I've been so invested in this story of Hangman Page has been the number one contender to Omega's title for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And they keep bringing this up in commentary. He's the ranked number one guy. And he's never mm. taking that. He's never taking the next step that he needs to do and challenge Omega and be like, look, I'm ranked number one. I want where's my title shot he's not doing that because hangman himself is not confident enough for that position the last person to pin him on tele- on tv in a singles match was kenny omega and that was last november that was at full gear so he's just been on this winning streak winning 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 and all of those wins building to this point and so he's going up against brian cage here and what i loved about all of that is that when brian cage won this match i genuinely was like <gasps> Hangman Page just took a loss and Brian Cage just got a big win because all of a sudden wins and losses mean something and they matter. And I loved that about this match. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought that was really well booked. I, I, like my note at the end of this is like that. So they're, they're trying to move Page down the rankings now so they don't have to pay off on this until the, the appropriate until the appropriate point, which is probably yeah. at double or nothing. Right. Which is when you want to build Hangman back on this streak to face Kenny Omega and be the one to finally beat Kenny Omega uh, for the AW Championship. But, like, yeah, this makes perfect sense in terms of a booking as well because, yeah, Hangman happened to be at the top of the very top of the rankings at this point in time because they've given him loads of wins, but that does just put a time limit on how long you can drag that out before he finally faces Kenny Omega. And also because it, it it doesn't make sense for everyone else on the roster to be sitting there being like, well, he's not doing it. And now we can't be number yeah. one on, you know, like yeah, yeah. the loss of the champion would move him down the rankings as well. So like, yeah, it, this all worked out really nicely. And this was a really well-booked match. I liked the fact that Cage jumped Page before it all kicks off um, and the rest of the team come in for the attack. And I thought Dark Order's save was a bit lame. Like, they sort of yeah. rushed in and sort of... They got that. And then all the refs came out and sort of, like, got everyone out of the way. But while this is all happening, Cage is just like, oh, I'm going to power on the, on, the, on the stage. I'm going to ramp on the yeah. way in. Whatever. Like, <laughs> the referee's yeah. too busy being like, guys, back to the back. Um but it was really fun. And then, yeah, the stuff that Brian Cage can do with a full-size man nuts. Is, oh. is nuts. It's nuts. Insanity. Yeah, like it was, so Brian Cage powerbombed pa- uh, Hangman Page on the ramp, like before the bell had even really rung. So Page was already at this disadvantage. And it was a disadvantage he never really came back from because mm. every time he tried to mount some offense, Brian Cage just shut him back down again. So Brian Cage was 
pretty much throughout this always the fresh man and page never page never had a fresh moment in this match and so like his big chances when he tried to hit the buckshot larry he created like just the tiniest amount of space hit goes to hit the buckshot lariat brian cage too fresh blocks it hits the drill claw for the win and it was just i, I totally did not see it coming yeah i did there was just I think I saw it coming only in the in the fact that I was watching it going. I mean, if Hangman Page wins from here, that's just unrealistic, and that is going to bury Brian Cage. Because I, I was I was literally racking my brain. I was like, we could hit a buckshot lariat kind of out of nowhere and really quick. If he like really quickly gets a pin, then I mm. might believe that Brian Cage could be down for three. But like any other way, just doesn't seem feasible after the no. beating that he stood. That Brian Cage did a he power bombed him. He did like a sort of big driver. He counted the buckshot lariat into this driver, picks him up, does a power bomb, picks him up again from the power bomb, and then just buckle bombed him and then caught him in the drill claw. And the drill claw that he did, he didn't like flat back him on the floor. He he dropped into a seated position while still holding Adam Page aloft by the head yeah. and the back, and then sort of put him down. And I was like, that looked that looked inches away from. If Brian Cage was a, like a smidge weaker, it would be Adam <laughs> Page's head being spiked on the floor. Like, unbelievable, yeah. unreal. Nasty business. But a really great match. I really, really enjoyed mm. that. And like it was, I and I love the fact that it was putting over this idea that wins and losses matter. And it, it makes me as a viewer like if, not be complacent of like what going into a match being like, oh, Hangman Page is going to win this. So I did go into this match being like, cool. Well, Hangman's probably going to win because they're telling this story of him being the number one contender, this that, and the other. So like. I, it's, it should treat me not to be complacent and go into every match not really knowing how the outcomes are going to be. Um, we cut backstage and the elites were hanging out in a limo. Um, Kenny Omega saying that he was not afraid of John Moxley after what they did last week. And then they started hearing the car horns again that they heard last week. And they all crapped their pants. But it's okay. It's just Michael Nakazawa. He pressed the wrong button. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like this. I, I, thought the, I thought the hyping was good. Uh, I think Kenny's promo cutting is brilliant when he's like just getting more and more extremely takes off the glasses but like sort of droops them across his own face i don't know how he's not cracking up at himself because or <laughs> anyone else's in that limo because it was it was really funny and then yeah the I, the, the the thing going off and everyone crowding their man so there was a bit of it was a little chuckle from me then uh with the young bucks took on the Seidel brothers um and we got a clip from the the house show that they did a few weeks back um where the Seidel brothers picked up a win over the bucks and this was really it felt like this match was here just to really establish the audience the young bucks are heels and they're total dicks and um, i hope you uh i hope you don't like the bucks because they're going to act like total douchebags now from now on and they were acting like total dicks throughout all of this like being proper heel young bucks and it was quite you know mm. it was pretty great to see i di i didn't like the twin magic spot that they did because they don't look alike. So the twin magic spot does not work. And it didn't make any sense. I'm sorry. It, it, didn't, no it didn't do it. Didn't, no. It didn't achieve anything. It didn't make any sense. It was, but I think they did it. I think they did it as a sort of lol. You'll hate this because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, you hate twin magic. So we're going to do that as a sort of heel tactic to sort of get hate. But then all it did for me was confuse me about who the legal man was for a good five minutes while I'm watching the match. And then we kind of get to the end and I was like, oh, okay, kind of like this, this was all, 
an utterly unnecessary bit of the match to do. Because I think the rest of it, like the arch douchebaggery of Matt Jackson, was immense in this match. Like the, mm-hmm. the you know, the the uh, the another cage, the Johnny Cage uh, nut yeah. punch, like. Oh, uh, the kind of strang all the way around the ring for ages just to kick someone in the back of the head. Like there was a lot of really fun. Like heel bucks are brilliant, and the, the new gear's great. The new looks great. The the, the single earrings they had on, like oh. the whole package is so good and so funny. But yeah, this that one bit of kind of confusing. It wasn't really a tactic. It just was a sort of because it didn't. It didn't even pay off in the moment that they did it. Like it didn't go right. anywhere. The referee just watched it happen and sort of went, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> like the referee just sort of looked confused about what was going on, and the commentators were being like, "Like the referee should quite easily spot that the that they've done twin magic because they don't look alike," and they looked like like Knox was about to be like, "Oh no, I saw you do that," but then he was just like, "Meh." And then it comes to like, what's yeah. Knox doing? Like, that, I I don't think it works as well. But like you said, there is literally every chance that it was bad on purpose to work us. Because yes. <laughs> like the Bucks' whole shtick they're doing at the moment on Twitter is just working people on Twitter by just constantly updating their Twitter bio. And it's really funny to see so many people get so wound up about it. I've now started to see people going like, I'm so sick of the Young Bucks um, change their Twitter profile. And I'm like, yeah. It's because it's That's supposed to annoy you. That's the point. It's supposed to annoy you. And it's good because it's working. Because it's annoying me as well. Like, it's really mm. starting to open up. Because I'm constantly bloody checking it. And, like, they did one yesterday <laughs> where I was like, cool, what's the next one they've done there? And it was just, watch AEW tonight. I'm like, you pricks. Like, I, of course I'm going to watch AEW. It's my <laughs> job to watch that, you knobs. <laughs> well, they don't know that. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I... I, I just think it's. I think it's really good. I just I think yeah, you didn't you didn't need anything that made the match confusing in in that like I think there's a simplicity to kind of general heel tactics that that's really fun to watch and like when someone's just being a dick, that can be very funny and that, I think that really worked. But yeah, the the twin magic thing just added a level of confusion to proceedings that like even the commentators, as you said, couldn't pay off on. Yeah, like they were just like, shouldn't he be? I don't know. Like we, this wasn't yeah. cleared with us before the mat. Like that's that kind of ha- is how they. It felt like everyone was talking about it as well. It's like oh, they didn't really discuss this with us before. Uh, the, like everyone sort of lost interest at that point for a moment. They managed to get it back though. I thought there was some really cool stuff in here. The Seidel brothers also looked great, which mm-hmm. they haven't always in AEW, which I thought was fantastic. Um, the bit where they did the kind of um, the jump up Rana when both bucks were on the they were both on the turnbuckles so jumped up and hit one of them with the run and then went up and set up for the frankenstein but then got popped over the top and and scarpered and and matt seidel just hits the ropes and flips out in this kind of crazy crash that was really really cool um and also (laughs) when they caught him um was it it was mike that they caught i think where he tried to slide through the legs and they grabbed him pulled him back through and popped him up at the same time into the tombstone position for the Meltzer driver. Um, and it didn't work, but like that was such a cool little moment of flow. Like both these teams, I think work together wonderfully well. Oh, so great. Yeah. And I, and I loved the, the Johnny cage nut shot as well. Like it literally was like, you know, like Matt Jackson is in the split and he does proper does the Johnny cage punch in the dick and just looks at the camera with like a, 
see what I did there. Bit of a reference mm. for combat in the people are talking about Mortal Kombat at the moment because the new movie's out. Um, so yeah, so I, I got a bit of a kick out of that, uh, and that's how they won the match. And afterwards, SCU came out because they're ranked number one in the tag division, saying, you know, and Daniel's got a really good promo about like, you know, you know, I I was really looking forward to wrestling my friends, but I look at the ring and I don't see my friends anymore. I just see some bitches. Um, if we said bitch, it means it's real now. It means it's serious. Um, and I, I I like the promo and I like the angle, the storyline that, you know, the next tag match that SEU lose is going to break them up as a team. I really dig that. They've been doing it since, I think, December last year. Problem is, is that it's not been on Dynamite. And so, because mm. I'm not watching Dark Elevation and I'm not watching Dark and I'm not watching BTE and I'm not watching all of that stuff. So for me, the storyline isn't massively connecting. And it's cool because like I'm invested because I'm invested in SCU because I've been watching them for, you know, a decade or so plus, but I'm not, I don't think this storyline, it has the impact that it should do, particularly because it feels like they're going to do SCU versus the Bucks on pay-per-view. So if, I, I feel like if you're going to, like it should have had a bit more of a, they should have had more of an impact and it didn't because they haven't been on TV. Mm, I, I think that's a completely fair, like criticism of it because yeah, I think we we you know, obviously we've spoken about this before when I've been on this podcast and we've said like you know stuff happens on dark and elevation that we don't see, but you just can't expect the regular audience. You can't expect the audience to watch every single version of AEW that you put out every week to get hmm. the story that you're showing because that's you know there's a difference between what happens on YouTube and what happens on TV and that is you know that would be like us saying like oh well it happened on TikTok. So you need to yeah. have paid attention to the TikTok. Like these are all these are additions to the story. But if it's going to be a main facet of your story that you're telling, then it does need to appear on TV to really up the stakes. And I think this is a good stake. So I'm hoping they'll. I hope going forward, if they're going to set up this match with, with the Bucks, that they're going to really start to lay into that story on TV because that's where you want to get people invested in it. Because there there is a there is yeah. a drop off of audience who don't watch everything because. To watch all of that and watch all of WWE means that you would only watch wrestling. Uh, and that is mania. That's Sean Ross Sack. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, got a, promo, a video promo for Jay Cargill, still looking for her manager. And then we got a really fun match between Orange Cassidy and uh, Penta L0M. I love um, this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love I mean, this so much. This was my favorite thing. This was so good. So these two are so charismatic that... The first like three, four minutes of this match were just them doing taunts at each other. It was just Orange Cassidy doing the hands up, hands into the pockets, and Penta blocking him and doing the uh, zero. Uh, I can never say the word right, zero Miero, whatever it is, uh, into mm -hmm. his face, and like just pushing him down and everything. And then like Cassidy would just look at him and just be like, "Nope, I'm just gonna just do the hand thing again." And so I like, "No, it's blocking you." And I'm just gonna, and it like, oh. And I absolutely adored it. As I said in my like the, the review I put up on Rust Talk earlier, it just it reminded me why we all fell in love with Orange Cassidy in 2019. Like it was like I think we needed that reminder of why we all fell in love with him. Yeah, I, I thought Cassidy looked really great here. I don't think he should have won. No, neither do I. Know I. I know that's I, what they I, do I with the, the story, thing, but like Pentagon said the same thing in my review. Good. Said the same thing in my review, man. Penta should have won. As I get to become a, a running joke on this show that it should always be Penta, but it should always be Penta. And I don't mm. think he should have lost this match. I, I think, like, uh, what I love about this match is that it had levels and it had the kind of levels that I think a lot of people don't really manage. And I think even Orange Cassidy doesn't necessarily manage in all of his matches either. Like, Orange Cassidy is primarily 
leans on the comedy in his wrestling. And Penta took him to a level here where he had to get quite serious towards the end of the match. But Penta so easily navigates all of those moments. He just does it like it's effortless. Like he's quite happy to have, he, he can be fun and funny at the beginning of a match and have a joke with Orange Cassidy. And he still looks like a badass. He can taunt you like he's a heel throughout and he still looks great. He can then just step into this other gear where he's doing this stuff that you just can't believe and you buy it all the time. Penta is money and I don't know why they keep pinning him. Yeah, I agree. I, I would not have beaten Penta here. I think Penta would have gotten so much more from pinning Cassidy than Cassidy got from pinning Penta, which is a real shame. And like they were trying to protect Penta a little bit in the finish because it was this gigantic schmoz of like Alex Abrahantes was getting involved. And then mm. that like Orange sort of brought him in for a bit of a distraction. And then Trent, with the referee distracted, Trent handed Orange Cassidy the microphone so that he could hit the orange punch and get the pin on Penta. But yeah, it, I, it didn't particularly work for me, that finish. And I, and I didn't like it much. And it's not just because yeah. my boy Penta keeps bloody losing. Um, but yeah. But was, I, at, I, least I, they try, yeah. at least they tried, because there was a point in the middle tried. of the match where I was like, if, if Cassidy comes back from this beatdown that he's, being t- he's taking here and wins clean, I'm going to be pissed off. Because <laughs> Penta looks, Penta looks amazing. Penta did. Penta caught him on a suicide dive in a military oh. press. Yeah, and then and did then it one arm, and then yeah. chucked him onto the apron. Penta is incredible. Also, I really love the um, the arm breaker spot. So, like, yes, that's that what I was about to say. where where Cassidy manages to go into the pocket. That was re- that was really well done. Like that, it, yeah. they had good. These guys had really good chemistry. I just wish I wish they would do more with Penta because he should be, he should at least be in the TNT title picture, mm-hmm. if not he should be right up there on those rankings for the AEW championship. Yeah. So I love that spot where he was going to do the arm breaker and orange Cassidy's big reversal of that was to just put his hand in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really good. So good. Uh, Tony Schiavone had a quick interview with Britt Baker. It was basically just to keep, you know, continue that storyline that she is still ranked number one and uh, she is going to be the champion of this division. Then we got all the inner circle pinnacle stuff that we talked about earlier. Uh, then we got a segment in which, and this was set up from the elite stuff in the limo, where it was supposed to be Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega. And um, Kenny said, I'm not having that match. Instead, you're going to face Michael Nakazawa. So mm. Michael Nakazawa is just sat in the corner of this ring and Eddie Kingston's music plays and he comes up being like, I'm not doing the sports entertainment crap. Like, I'm not here for this. Um, I want to fight Kenny Omega. So him and Kenny Omega comes out and he's just like, no, you're going to fight my goons because that's how this works. You don't just get the champion. You have to face the goons first. Uh, and the goon you're facing is Michael Nakazawa. So Nak attacks him for a little bit and then Eddie starts to be, him, but he starts to like threaten to break the ankle of Michael Nakazawa just like the good brothers had done to him. And Kenny's like, cool, whatever. It's just a goon. Like, you can do that to mm. him. Like, I'll bring out another goon for you to do it for. Like, Cutler, you can do it to him as well. And then Moxley uh, comes out and he attacks Omega and they get Omega into the ring and threaten to break his ankle. And Don Callis is like, what do you want? What do you want? I'll give you anything you want. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe this is how we're going to set up Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega for, uh, for a title match at some point. And then he looks at him and is like, what would you like? And then Mox is like, we want a tag match with Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. I'm like, you could have asked for anything. And what you asked for was a tag mm. match next week, um, which I'm sure will be good. I'm sure it'll be a fun match. And like the, this segment was kind of fun, but 
if you tell me like you can have anything, that's not the thing I'm first going to ask for. He's the world champion. Yeah, he's got his leg in a thing. You've got him over a barrel. Like you've you finally. And this is the thing as well. Like Kenny Omega's set it up perfectly. Like Kenny Omega's playing it like a video game boss, right? Like he's saying you can't just go for the boss. You got to fight the goons. You got to do level one to one to nine before you ever face Kenny Omega. But they've got the cheat code where they've got his leg in a blooming chair, and they've still gone. Well, I guess we'll just do a tag match. I I did not get on with this segment because I thought it was all a bit of a bumble. Um, mm. I think from the moment that like I liked, I thought up until I thought the bit where he got Nakazawa's leg in the chair, and Kenny said, "Ah, do what you like." That was really good. I think I think they should have just let him stomp the chair and stomp Nakazawa's ankle. And then you can do something with Nakazawa being a bit like being quite annoyed about that kind of situation with Kenny Omega. That's some friction and some drama in, in the kind of Kenny Omega camp. But then when he's like, oh, you can have another guy and Cutler gets thrown from the back, right? You presume by Moxley, but no one puts that over on commentary. And then Moxley sort of bumbles out of the back about 30 seconds later. Uh, to attack Kenny Omega, bring him into the ring. And then they put Kenny Omega's leg in the chair. And the kind of way they were threatening to stomp it was all a bit goofy for me. Mm. I don't know if I don't know. This is the vibe I got. It was all a bit pantomime and a bit silly. And I just felt like, yeah. And obviously, like, maybe that was because they were only asking for something a bit dumb, which is a tag match next week. But like, you know, if you were gonna if you were gonna do it and you were gonna ask for something really important that you really wanted, I feel like Callis should have been dragged into the ring. Like the moment of kind of pitching that we want something from you, Callis should have been with Callis like pressed up against the turnbuckle and Kingston's like running down his list of demands as he puts the chair over Kenny Omega's leg. And just as he raises his foot that first time to stomp on the chair, that's when Callis goes, okay, you've got the match next week. Because the, the fact that they they had this threat had already been like set up and not paid off on took all the drama out of the moment for me because they were never going to stomp the chair. They were never going to do it. And the fact that they kept running up and be like, ooh, just sapped that kind of like, I think it was a really cool moment that wasn't done well. That's what I'd I'd say that. Yeah. Like I don't think this fully worked for me either. Mm. Um, but as I said, like, you know, I'm sure the tag match is going to be fun next week, but it's oh, not yeah. how I but like it, it just again, all I keep coming back to is that idea of like, man, you could have had you said that I'm over the barrel, literally could have asked for anything. So asking for a tag match between Omega and Nakazawa next week, is, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like, well, yeah, it's I, because they want a handicap match, they could have asked for a handicap they, match. Well, exactly, like, could, well yeah, exactly. Oh. Could have asked for a handicap. You could have asked for a lot of things, and I get you know, yeah. like next week you can do the match, and I, I kind of like get it as well because on paper, next week. It's just Moxley and Kingston can just beat up Nakazawa and Kenny can leave and Kenny can just walk away. So I kind of get that because you can protect Kenny and you can still like build that mm. thing. But then it just makes Moxley and Kingston look like goons because they didn't pick the match where like they yeah. essentially picked a match that Kenny can escape from. Steel cage and match, two on one. Exactly, also, yeah, also exactly, like yeah. you've but, but what's the also what's the reasoning for booking the match, Luke? Like the reason they've booked the match is to get revenge on Kenny Omega. You're holding him now yeah you could get your revenge. you've got his chair you've got his leg in it you've got his leg in a chair and you want your revenge for the fact that he broke your ankle just yeah. break the man's ankle break the, yeah, yeah, break also, the like, if you want to protect if you want to protect i know that obviously they've got to send kenny omega around all these companies now that they've got all these deals with but if you wanted to protect kenny omega for a while do an ankle break spot because he doesn't have to be in matches because he's he's injured you've taken the yeah. you take the champion out of the out of the 
you know, actually having to defend the title for a while, which is a good way to kind of prolong his reign. But yeah, I just, I didn't really get what they, what they didn't, they didn't have a clear and concise idea of what they wanted, nor did they have a very good way of going about getting it. I feel like this was a great idea on paper that needed a bit more plotting through to up those stakes as it kind of ramped up. Uh, we had an interview segment with Taz talking about uh, hyping up Christian, uh, hyping up Brian Cage rather, and then Christian Cage walked in to kind of continue the feud that they've got going on, which uh, was pretty good. And um, we got Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander in a decent match, but really like this, this felt like just a reminder to say like, hey, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian haven't been here since Arcade Anarchy, Anarchy and now they're here. And it was just a way for you know, get Chris Statlander on TV, get her a win, decent little match. She won with the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. I, it was fine. The, the, there was some cool stuff. There was like the Statlander's great because she's really strong, but I don't like the character. I'd hate the booping of the snoot as well. The snoot boops can do one as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but it's not a way to get over with this chat because like me. Also, the solar know. eclipse. The solar like- eclipse is a weird. She, that solar eclipse move she did is like uh, it's SOS levels of complicated, <laughs> isn't <Yeah>. it? Yeah. <laughs> um. We got a really nice video package for 10 about how like Brody Lee had handpicked him. You know, he wants to win the TNT title in the main event for him. And we had a six man tag of the factory, uh, QT Marshall, Anthony, uh, not Anthony Gogo, rather, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Comoroto versus Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and Lee Johnson. I, I've been, you know, banging the drum about this and I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record. What I love about this feud is it's all about this younger talent. Like it's really trying, like mm. they're putting the younger talent in the ring with uh, veterans like Dustin and Billy Gunn and QT Marshall who's been doing this for a long old time. And, you know, to an extent Cody as well. And it's a way to get over these new crops of guys in Lee Johnson, Comoroto, Aaron Solo, and in particular, Anthony Agogo. Because the finish of this was like, like Billy Gunn had his like midsection taped up from where Agogo punched him last week. And the, the finish of this match was Anthony Agogo getting involved, decking Lee Johnson with the gut punch and QT Marshall getting the pin off of that. So I'm, while I didn't think much of the match, the mm. purpose behind it and like the intent behind it, I'm, I'm fully behind. Yeah, it was all a little bit protracted i thought this match like it was a lot of beat down on dustin and then i thought uh lee johnson got a really good hot tag in right um time. my other note is that Komaroto looks like he should be on nwa power and i'm surprised he isn't because <laughs> uh, that yeah <laughs> um and then yeah uh, like the kind of end section like our post match to me did not work like i this kind of I love. I like. I really liked Anthony Gogo's uh, gut punch. I think that is that is a move to protect if ever there was one. Like it's brilliant. Like it's it's a really fun, unique wrestling thing that hasn't been seen for I don't think before or for a long time. If not, um, really, really fun. Then the kind of cowbell to Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to build to a Comoroto Dustin um, cowbell like a, a ball. Yeah, road exactly. Match. So and that, like just. Let's just bring back another dusty thing. Oh, fine. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. But like it's Cody, it's um, Cody's deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then this kind of the factory getting rushed, like the gun club come out and they rush QT Marshall, and then you've got the factory coming back, but they're a bit late, so they end up being fought by the gun club while QT tries to run back to the bus. And then there's this moment where they, he's like trying to get on the bus, and you can see Cody through the door 
for like 40 seconds before yeah. it happens. And the commentators are like, oh, is that? What's that? Like, just as it's opening, it's like, is that yeah, who we it's think Cody. It is? Seen him. Bloody saw him. Big up the steps a bit more. Why is this? Why yeah. was this not done? A, why was a run through of this bit not done to be like, ah, oh, you can see him through the door because it's glass. Also, what have we forgotten the glass work? How glass works? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll then, be honest with you, like my, my big thing with this was uh, Cody doing the figure four onto QT Marshall on top of the bus. I'm like, was it yeah. more pack? Was it more painful because it was well, on no, top so, of a bus? Yeah, exactly. So Cody comes out, kicks him in the face. They have a little brawl at the side. We then cut to replays. To cover up them climbing the bus. We then come mm. back and Cody does the figure four on top of the bus, the pose on top of the bus. This was the moment that you needed to throw QT Marshall off of the bus. 100%. Like, yes. That had to happen. Like, it, it doesn't make That's why make, the crowd was there. I doesn't make any sense. Like, like, this whole like, crowd started to build around the bus. And I was like, oh, right. So, because they can throw QT off and then like the crowd are there to catch him on the fall. Oh, yes. Like that's what I thought they were all there for, but Cody just puts him in the figure four, and I was like, "Cool, I guess." Mm. But like, yeah, it, I I don't know why you had to do this on top of a bus. This is and... this it's Edge Randy let WrestleMania levels of what? Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> why did you both climb up there to do this? Like, yeah, yeah. I think you have to have things. Things have to happen with purpose, even in wrestling. And that just like the the end of this match was just a cluster f of nonsense that i did not get on board with but lee johnson corkscrew fosbury flop it's worth it for right. that because that oh, was yeah. really, really good um yeah so it was a big big old schmoz after this we've got a lot of stuff announced for next week so we are getting qt versus cody next week kenny and nakazawa versus moxley and kingston uh, and Britt baker's gonna have a match and we've got a four-way tag match and eliminator i believe of scu versus jurassic express versus the varsity blondes versus the acclaimed I'm going to presume that SCU win that. And also announced, very interestingly, and I love this, um, the IWGP United States Championship is going to be on the line in a couple of weeks' time with John Moxley against bloody Yuji Nagata. Yeah. Freaking hell, that's so cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good bit of booking. Oh, well yes, done. Yes, I love that. Very, very excited for that match. That's going to really be cool. And then we got one of, one of my favorite things on this show which is that um, Kip Sabian is kind of talking to a cameraman being like, look, Miro wants to meet me backstage. So I'm going to find out what he wants to talk about. And he walks into this like this dressing room area and is just like, hey, Miro, like, how's it going? Miro's just like, you're dead. And just starts like absolutely murderizing this poor, like this poor lad. He's just like being, th hey, thrown into this thing. What's that over there? I'm going to throw you into that thing. I'm just going to like punch you as hard as I possibly. It, it looked like it sucked for Kip Sabian because he mm. was just like being, Going around like pillar to post, sold it like and a champ. Oh, sold it so well, and like I don't think he was selling it. I think he was just taking yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no choice. And then, so he pulls his arm through this door, and then he slams the door, and like this is almost like big arm break thing. And then he just like cradles him. He's like, I'm sorry, like I'm sorry, I had to do that. Yeah. It was really, really awesome. I assume he just had his foot in there or something like. I was like, how do you do that? I'm sure you just wedge your foot in and then slam the door on your foot with the arm. Yeah, I guess but like, much, yeah. my God. The, like, this is the Miro I've wanted for yes! ages. This is, yes. I'm like, and I, like, I don't even, I don't even mind, like, you know, this, this suggested, obviously, like, this suggests a breakup with Kip Sabian because Kip Sabian's going to turn around and be like, whoa, what the hell did you just do to me? And Miro's going to be like, well, I just, 
you know, I, mm. this was the, this, instead of you apologizing to me, this is what we do instead of an apology. And then I forgive you. Um, <laughs> like, I love that as well. The kind of lunacy of slamming a man's hand in a door and then cradling him, as you say, well, I forgive you. And then walking off mm. like, yeah, this is the mirror you want, you want. And this is now's the time to start building him for a title shot because he's so good. Like, I thought he acted the whole thing really well. Like I felt it's a believable rage coming from him. It, it, the beat down, like props to Kip Sabian as well, obviously for just flinging himself into that oh, yeah. uh, garage door three times or whatever it was. And then willingly being chucked into those like standing lockers. Yeah. Like the, the two of them did wonders in this segment because it, it, this is in my top three segments of the whole show. And it was, this was a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah smashed it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and our main event was 10 versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. You know, great credits to AEW for really putting over Darby Allen as the main event of this show. And like, this is now like, it feels like the, the fourth or fifth main, like AEW Dynamite that he has main evented as the TNT champion, defending his title as well. So it really puts over the belt, really puts over the importance of it and like what this belt can do for you and your career. And they again are telling this story of him overcoming the massive power rods that are against him so this has to be leading and maybe i'm working myself into something but this has to be leading to miro just coming in and killing him and winning the title and because like i i I just feel like that's the direction they're heading in all of this and i said i could be very wrong in this i could be Mm. a lot of humble pie and not seeing the bigger picture here but that's just that's kind of like where i would i'm thinking it's heading um, but this was a really good showing for 10 uh, for Preston Vance. He looked really, really good in this. It was a lot of like, you know, Darby ragdolling himself around. But yeah, I, and I properly bought into the finish as well of when Preston Vance locked in the, the full Nelson, really locked in and Darby was like proper selling it. And then did the um, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper thing up the turnbuckle over to get the pin. So it was a really like a really fun finish. Uh, I thought Ten looked great in this. I thought Darby looked really good in this. In the you know the way he managed to survive, and I'm just I'm so thrilled that AEW are uh, they're they're comfortable enough that they can put Darby Allen out there and be like he's going to do well for us in a, as a ratings draw. So we're quite happy to put him out there as the main event of our show every single week. And there's a lot of faith that they have in him. Yeah, I I, I think this is it's a good move. I think Darby winning because now he's got the record, right? So now you can take the belt off him. He's got, yep. now you can, now you can put Miro in the way. Um, and yeah, like if that's the story that he always escapes these much bigger guys, that's really good. I thought that the ending towards this, I thought the ending of this match was a little like to me, I was a bit unsure of like the whole thing because, because they had this package earlier in the night where they talked about 10 being the, the chosen one from Brody Lee um, and they really built up 10 through that as like, this This is quite important to him, this match. And this is a really big opportunity because, you know, the TNT Championship is Brody's championship to all intents and purposes. So then they have Derby like ripping the mask of 10 throughout the match and stuff, which I was like, that feels heelish. Like that feels a mm. bit cheap. They then have a run in on Derby uh, and then 10 loses. Yeah, I was just a bit like this. All feels a bit smart. It's too. It's too, it also it's too. It, it's a bit too much of a burial. Like, in, I'm not saying they buried ten, but like, I think to play on the emotion, the emotional angle with the Brody stuff, and put it over on commentary, and then to be like, 
well, his mask was ripped, but also like, so Derby cheated, but then he also had a run in happen on him and 10 still lost clean. Yeah. Like, I, I think you, you know I what I mean? Like, ar- yeah. Okay, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I think you can make the argument that, that 10 got pinned because he's the rookie in all of this. And it was inexperienced. Mm-hmm. that kind of like lost him the match. I think you can give him that out. I don't think it's fully communicated. That is an app that you can give him, but I, I think you can almost head cannon it that way, but I totally agree. Like the, especially the Ethan page interference, because yeah. they did the Ethan Page Scorpio Sky bit after the match, where Page and Sky completely lay out Darby and they, you know, put Sting in the heel hook and everything. If you're going to do that as your post match, you probably didn't need to have Ethan Page interfere during the match, like mm. particularly because the story of the match was just like Darby's getting ragdolled everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just also just don't think, you know, maybe this is just me being a bit uh, prudish or whatever it is. Like, I just don't think. Like, I think you absolutely should leverage the Brody Lee, like the the tragedy, the biggest tragedy in wrestling this year with Brody Lee as a story. At some point, you definitely should, but you should be doing it at the point at which you intend to to pay off on it. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's particularly fair to the audience necessarily to 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 bring up something that I think a lot of people were very moved by um, and very upset about. To then sort of confusingly put over Darby Allen, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah I think totally if, if you're going to make if you're going to make ten the chosen one from Brody Lee and you're going to play it off big, I would start to pay it off. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I think it's, than... it's, it was too early to put the belt on him. I suppose. Like, yeah, like absolutely. It and I, it would have felt the wrong move to put the belt on him at this point. And if this so, like, turns and this turns into and if this turns into a living up to a legacy storyline for ten. Then I'm fine with it. I like, you know, I, I'll happily take back what I said because they, you know, then you can build him up that way, and then you can get this big moment where he finally sort of like lives up to the legacy of Brody Lee. Mm. Um, but it's just important, I think, to like as, as long as they don't drop it now, because you've started it now, you've talked yeah. about it. So don't don't f this up, AEW, because this is like this is this is real. Yeah, in yeah. a way that wrestling isn't always. So, you know. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this episode of Dynamite, um, particularly for the hype for Blood and Guts. Like, I think for me, like I gave this a Friday Five in the review, and I think that is basically solely around like that hype segment there. And I enjoyed like the page and cage stuff that we had at the start of the show and uh, the Miro beatdown and everything. Um, like there was everything on the show was very, very solid. And there was a lot of stuff that kind of was elevated above solid. So I gave it a, a four out of five. What about you? I think probably... I see. I had. I was less. I less. I didn't enjoy the second hour as much. As much. But like yeah, after yeah. the after the blood and guts promo, I think a lot of it mm-hmm. kind of dropped off for me. And I, I had a. I obviously had a, a few more issues with the finale and stuff. But I did enjoy the match. Um, so I think I'd probably give it a three to three and a half. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, the uh, community tab was 54% uh, for a four out, of, four out of five show with 20% giving it a five out of five, which I think is probably a bit of a stretch. And uh, 18% saying it was a middle of the road three out of five show. Uh, let's dive into the rest of your Omega chats. Nate Schultz says, the way I see it, they could be making a star out of Sean Spears in Blood and Guts, or I suppose if they wanted a way out, uh, have him take the loss for the pinnacle and then get kicked out. But it seems like his last best shot 
considering he's 40. Hey, 40 is not that old in the world of wrestling these days. Mm. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm, I'm 35. I've still got my chance. I've still got a chance for a shot. But yeah, I don't think 40 is as old as it is now. Like, you know, our WWE champion is like 46, I think. You know, AJ Styles is in his 40s. I think there's still a lot of upside for someone who was just because he doesn't look like he's 40. Yeah. Like, we've just had, we've of... just had the oldest elimination chamber ever. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like there's plenty of chance for you there. Uh, Matthew Mikowski says, Hey lads, the parlay segment was effing fantastic. I love when Sammy said you were a failure where you used to work. Stand by this best segment of the year so far is next week. Two stacked four things plus blood and guts. Can't wait for Nagata mocks. Yeah, kind of in a way. I think you might be on something like Matthew. I thought like having four matches announced, which I guess can fill up that first hour, mm. is a lot. Like I, pro I probably would have done three max. I think one of them will be a squash or something. Probably one Britt of them. Baker. One of them. One of them will pass quickly. I think Britt Baker's one. Yeah, because she's her opponent's unannounced, isn't it? I think. Yeah, but then again, you've got still got three matches, and one of them's a Cody Rhodes match. So he's going to mm -hmm. want to go some time in it. <laughs> oh yeah, he loves um, it. He loves a match. Sarah Sullivan said, me and my roommates despise the Young Bucks as people. They're so cringe and annoying. And it took us to the end of their match to realize. That's their job. We've been worked. Just goes to show how good they are at their jobs. Very much agree. And Charles Burke says, AEW was a four out of five show. Manipulative Miro is exactly what I wanted from him. All roads lead to him and Darby. Just a heads up to Luke. When I do the poor review on Tuesday, I'll always send a photo to the dog. Then if you can, but the chat wanted to see Maui's cute face. Jam that jam. I'll see if I can get photos uh, sorted out for you. Uh, Leon Quashi says that Miro segment made me uncomfortable in a good way. Also, add another great TNT title defense for Derby. You can criticize AEW for a lot, but their faith in future talent is refreshing. Allen's now main event for me, and this reinforced it. Um, Grillum G8 said, didn't expect Hangman to lose, but I did like how this affects everyone's stories going forward. It helps the if it helps, sorry, it helps end the idea that Team Taz are high-level jobbers. Cage specifically is a big AEW scalp, and Page is just uh, is kept out of Omega's radar just slightly longer. Paul Kerr, with the ripping of Ten's mask last night, is this a way to unmask Preston Vance? Clearly, AEW are very big on him. Could he become the young leader of the Dark Order? I feel like Hangman should remain on his own, separate from the faction. Yeah, that's a good way, because I, I th the Ten, the mask's cool and everything, but I think it probably would be better for him to not have the mask. Yeah, I think also, like, because it's designed to look like a clown. Yeah. It, it doesn't give off the like i mean the the it gives off the henchman vibe rather than the boss vibe you yeah, know totally uh, Peter Mullins says, hey guys, looking forward to a fun time with the boys after a stressful day. After Cage's win, I was thinking, do I want to see Cage versus Omega? Then a mate casually pointed out, Cage has a belt. My head exploded. About time someone else gets the FTW title. <laughs> what, fourth champion ever? Hey, yeah. Tansabu. Cage and then Cage, Omega. And then Omega. Uh, Sari said about the ending if they're rekindling the old Ethan Page versus Darby Allen feud from elsewhere, then holy hell, it's going to get crazy. Uh, can I start getting nervous for their well being already? Lots of please don't die chance incoming. Um, yeah, I hope so. I think we're probably going to get something with uh, them at the pay-per-view. Um, Genetic Ghost. I think Knox may have botched the twin magic a bit, but the entire thing was a rib on the fact that, along with all the other stuff people say about the Bucks, so many people say they don't know which one uh, and Matt and who is Nick, which is a great point, Genetic Ghost, but Knox knows. So, like, mm. Mike's not, and, and the commentators know, and we as the audience, most of us know. So I, I don't yeah. think, if that was the point, I don't think that fully came across.
Yeah, it needed to be like, there, I mean, there was a cheeky wink to the camera before he did it. But it, I just don't think it like, it should have just been caught up really. Like, I don't, it, mm. it, the fact that it kind of got, went unsaid what the resolution was to it, I was just, I was very confused. <laughs> Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Jam says, with Derby doing these weekly challenges to anyone in the top five, it gives me hope that we could see Derby versus Pack or Derby versus Orange Cassidy in the future on free TV. I'm in for both of those matches. Hello, Berkey says, uh, that cage win has to lead to a belt versus belt match with Omega, Omega, FTW. Junior Guerrero, is it just me or am I uh, the one that's not bothered that AEW look more supreme after the champion versus champion match, considering that they are called all elite wrestling. Uh, P.S. Keep up the good work, mate. Jam that jam. The Zornis, besides uh, being from Germany, really popped me to hear Jericho say he was in Germany. If you do a live stream, Luke, I'll be keep you company and watch. I love the whole show. My highlight was Kip being thrown around by Miro. Can't wait for Miro versus Derby. Chozo55, hey guys, people first time it. donation. Oh, people do want it. Uh, quick question. Do you think the page losing moves him away from AEW titles so there is more time for Mox and Omega until the inevitable title match? That's exactly what I think it was, Chozo. It's like, you want to keep getting him those wins so you can tell the story of him not being ready for it. But then this loss takes him back down those rankings. You can just start building him back up again. So yeah, I think that that's totally a way to kind of like elongate this and give everything a little bit more meaning. Yeah, you want that big, like, actually, because actually the Page's incredible winning streak, it's, he needs a, he needs to kind of lose a bit now yeah. to get back on the winning streak again and rise up through the ranks. Like, I think he should almost be schmozzed out of his top ranking a few times in a, like, mm -hmm. back to back now, because then you can build okay. him for double or nothing. Kamal Arif, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mira said, if you've got a title, you've got a problem. That being said, is Laurie prepared to face Miro? Yeah, I'm just going to take all the hinges off my doors, though, first. So just <laughs> three, five minutes. Uh, so Chewitt said, absolutely love the show, but that opener really blew my mind with Hangman's loss. I'm in a Discord, and a lot of people, a lot of nice people from AEW fight chat. We all hate the draft spammers, so we made our own place, and everyone just lost it. Cage versus Cage. Yeah, I'll, AEW's, like the fight chats on an AEW stream, is a hellscape it is it makes like twitter look like it's a nice place to be um misha sumra hey misha um saying slightly disagree about the rankings issue Pay, uh, hangman can be ranked number one lose a match but still be ranked number one because of his record this way brian cage got a massive boost without actually hurting the push uh, the page push overall oh yeah no i don't think it hurts the mm. page push any way shape or form it's just a way to kind of like keep the rankings important and sort of maybe move him down the rankings potentially i think it yeah totally works you just uh, don't want him at number one exactly yeah uh, rp degnan loved hangman's story as always but i feel there's one big thing that needs to happen before he challenges omega the dark order being attacked by the elite for having the audacity to challenge the bucks for the title finally saving them for once uh, James Hanley said, I thought the end of the Penta Cassidy match was actually a little damaging to both characters. They both cheated. It works for Moxley beating MJF because FMJF, but here they're supposed to be faces and neither guy got anything out of the match. Yeah, no, I would agree with that as well. Like, I guess you can argue it's turnabout's fair play, but it, I, it did not work for me at all. Yeah, I agree. Tyler Woodward, hi guys. Uh, really enjoyed last night's dynamite. Blood and guts has been built up to be freaking awesome. The pinnacle should win. The Johnny Cage nut punch popped me. Uh, thoughts on the MK movie? So much better than the 95 movie. Jam that effing jam. I will not have a bad word said about that 95 movie. Thank you very much. Although I haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah, it's actually quite hard to watch in the UK. I did look for it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. is it? I was going to look it's, at the it's, it's like a, is it a Hulu one or no? It's like a whatever it is. It's one of it's those on, um, American it's, it's on America Max, only. Yeah, it's an America only streaming service, so it's actually that not available currently me, over here. That would that would make me think that it's on Now TV then, because the Snyder Cut was on Now TV. But um, mm. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have a look this weekend and see if I can find it because I do want to see it. So as a big MK Mark, uh, yeah, me I do too. And as someone who bloody loves the 95 movie, I wrote a book. Uh, Peter Mullins, I don't understand why Mox and uh, Eddie didn't ask for infinite wishes. Or is that not allowed? Infinite genies. Um, Nate S, I remember seeing Komoroto in NXT on the house show loop. And they had him as this happy, goofy baby face who just loves to have fun. He works so much better here as a big, angry monster. Um, NXT Leo said, uh, I want an abusive relationship with Kip and Miro, where Miro keeps beating Kip up every week, but playing it like they're best friends. Still, as Kip is more and more desperate, trying to get away from him. Uh, I'll hot tag to you, uh, Fagdor. For general wrestling related, LJ Mickey says, Hello, Luke and Mr. Fakador. Let's say that you have the power to create a match between Vince McMahon and Tony Khan. What would be the finish and stipulation for the match? Thanks for the content. Jam that jam. Loser leaves town. Yeah, loser leaves town's a good gimmick. Um, like a bull rope match, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I think it should just be the first ever contract signing match where they just Ooh. they line up it's like a lumberjack match all the wrestlers that are currently unsigned by either company are lined up outside the ring and you have to fight over who can like they've all got contracts and you have to fight to and then that's where the ball rope comes in because you can pull them away from the con this is probably i mean this is yeah this is getting quite <laughs> extensively uh stupid yeah, yeah and overbooked but i like it i might book it <laughs> um Sarah Sullivan in general chat says, uh, got tested uh, pause for COVID-19. I'm totally fine, though. Um, even though restrictions are loosening, the danger is still out there. Be careful, folks. So incredibly excited to watch Blood and Guts. We'll have to be in isolation, unfortunately. Enjoy your week, boys. Hashtag Handman is hunk. Sorry to hear well, that, Sarah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But Sarah, you can watch it with us next week. So you won't yeah. be in isolation. You're hanging out with us. And order in snacks early mm -hmm. so you can leave them in quarantine outside or... Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. however it's done. Get stuff left outside the door. Uh, Greg House says, it's Laurie. More Laurie, the better. Hope you're all well. Great review, lads. Thank you, Greg. Uh, Perseus M says, you should definitely do a live reaction. I remember you guessed, I remember you guessed regret not doing it for, ah, yeah. I guess you regret not doing it for Winter is Coming on the Review. Sorry, I just we kept did. reading all the le all the things. Yeah, yeah, we did regret doing that. Funny enough, <sighs> actually, Louis messaged me as well saying, like, I think you said last year you were going to do a live watch along for Blood and Guts when the first match was going to happen. I was like, did we really? I totally forgot about that. <laughs> James Handley says, hello, gents. I, I see Raw broke Ollie so badly that he needed surgery. And I would like to say get well soon, Ollie. Someone also someone suggested in the chat earlier that Ollie's actually getting the Makito hair implanted because we've reached mm. eight hundred thousand subscribers on the main channel. Uh, Tyler Woodward says, "Don't diss the boop, Laurie. You said it was coming, Luke. Here it is. You're the champion. We expect better from you." Also, Sully having a breakdown over not getting Ric Flair on that's my line <laughs> oh. and breaking his chair was the highlight of Quizlemania. Give us more Sully on Quizlemania. Jam that jam. Yeah, we. Uh, my wife and I watched the first hour of Quizlemania last night specifically for Sullivan Brown, and he was as delightful as I thought he would be. Uh, it's being wrong, strong, and wrong, and yeah, them doing um, just a minute from BBC Radio Four was tremendous stuff because the only person who understood the game was Sullivan Brown. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> he is BBC Radio Four. Uh, <laughs> 
Jerry Wang says, I hope Ollie's okay after yesterday. Wishing him well. Luke deserves to do the raw review next week because he was making fun of Denise behind her back. I was not making fun of Denise behind her back. Like, the, Denise and I had that conversation on a show that she liked WrestleMania 32. That's not me. They go to Adam and be like, never guess what Denise said. Like, me and Denise had that conversation on a show. And I said, I'm going to tell Adam about that because he hated that show. <laughs> uh Tejas Reje says, uh, unpopular opinion, the TNT title, oh, I butchered your name, sorry. The TNT title has been irrelevant since Derby has won it. It felt like a huge deal when Cody had it or even when Brody had it. Let's face it, the title hasn't done anything for Derby, uh, nor true is the other way around. I would agree with that um, prior to the previous pay-per-view. Like 100% would have agreed with it because like during all the Sting stuff, like I... Yeah. Like when Sting was feuding with Team Taz, he was never defending the belt and it was doing absolutely nothing for him. And the, he was doing nothing for the belt either. But I think the last, like since Revolution, I think that has completely turned around now. And I think they are doing a much better job with it. But yeah, I, I kind of, I agree with you up until Revolution. The belt is a workhorse belt. It needs to be on every show. They're right to, to put it show. on every show. It should be yep. on every show. Uh, Joshua Shepard says, little disappointing that there wasn't a big title celebration for Kenny Omega. Also, I'm surprised whoever blew up Mr. Davis hasn't used this opportunity to finish the job they started. You guys rock. Jam that jam. Uh, that'd be because, Joshua, it was taped last week. Hmm. They didn't have the hardware. That's <laughs> why it was in the other car. Yeah. Uh, Rangers Mayhem says, do you think there will be a turn during the Blood and Guts match a la Strong joining the Undisputed Era? Cutler as young boy is very funny at the end of the match and Miro is a beast. Yeah, a few people in the chat were suggesting Sammy, which I think is an interesting one. Sammy's an interesting... Yeah, I, I wonder... I feel like it might be too early to introduce another dynamic into the pinnacle, though, if he turns and joins them. Because, yeah, I feel like another young egotist is almost doubling up on your MJFs, basically. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and finally, Peter Mullen says, I hate the boop, silly gimmick, says the champion. Hashtag boop that boop. Are you trying to say that the champion is a silly gimmick? He's the champion. Bloody hardware is stupid this totally not stickered title belt it's a great belt. i thought not i thought not peter i see you back prestigious prestigious peter mullins show some respect An email from Dale. Says, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the 18th, uh, the 14th of April, AEW review on on Acast podcast is uh, how I keep up with you and your show. Figured I'd email in just in case it slipped through the pipeline. I think it was up. Pretty sure it went up. I'm just going to have a quick look online now, but I'm pretty sure it was all okay. Um, we've had a few issues with like our um, our podcast going up. We've had some messages from people being like, hey, do you know Crystal Mania's not been updated? I'm like, it hasn't. And then I check it. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, and it genuinely hasn't. Where is it? Yeah, it was there. It's right there. Yes, Mike Tyson joins Chris Jericho's inner circle. Dynamite 14th of April. Boom. It's happened. It has happened. I did get it right. Slightly change of tack. This one is an anonymous email. I'll keep it anonymous for this time. It just says, hello, Russ Talk Crew. Over the weekend, my dog Rufus sadly passed away. Over lockdown, I started following wrestling and fell back in love with WrestleTalk. 
When I used to be out walking, I would always have your Rest Talk podcast on. I'm just emailing to let you know that the work you do positively impacts more people's lives than you can imagine. I love all the reviews and just want to thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for helping me through such a difficult time. Well, thank you very much for your email. Very mm. sorry to hear about your loss as well. Um, yeah, I think it's one of the... Rufus. Absolutely, yeah. I could. I um. I've never had, I haven't had a pet pretty much in my entire life. I had a, like, there was, my family had a dog when I was very small. Um, but like, I honestly think that like, maybe it's probably for the best that I've never had a pet because I don't know what I would do if one, if, if one of them had to buy. And I say had to, they will eventually pass away. And speaking of pets, mm. I can hear Terry yeah. in the background. Yeah, Terry's, Terry's hanging out in a different room and making a lot of noise. It's Terry, everyone. Terry's got one gimmick and that is it. <laughs> How has Terry? Uh, he was fast. He was fast asleep ten minutes ago, <laughs> and as soon as I start to do this thing, he's like, "Oh, cool! I'll get up then, shall I?" And it's like, "Oh, Terry, go away! You don't want anything, are you? And I, you don't want anything." You and I doing reviews was uh, probably the date. Like I would say, like the full debut of WrestleCat of Terry mm. uh, constantly inter- interrupting reviews and stuff. And I hadn't actually considered it or thought about it. But there he is. Idiot. Are you an idiot? Yes, I'm an idiot. I make a lot of noise <laughs> for no reason. Yes, I do. Are you going to now leave a load of white hair on my black T-shirt? Which I actually wiped down before I came on this podcast. But now people obviously, like when you're watching the live one, will see that I'm covered in cat hair. Mm-hmm. Which is the new state of being that we didn't really think about when uh, me and my partner, who are basically goths, uh, got a white cat. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Terry? That's why it's goths. Mouth. That's why goths get black cats. Oh, you yeah, have got... <laughs> no. yeah, it's it's just impossible, man. Like it honestly comes out of the wash and it's already covered in cat hair. And they're just like, yeah. okay, well, this this is That's a losing thing. battle that I can't fight. So <laughs> whatever. I'm just uh, the crazy cat man now. How's your weekend shaping up? I haven't got any plans this weekend yet. Uh, I don't know. Might play Monster Hunter a lot. Go oh, to yeah. the climbing center. I'll try and go on a big bike ride. I think maybe got that extra day in it. So I feel like I can of spend course you have. Yeah, spend an extra day just knobbing about on the bike. That's right. It's the August. It's the uh, August bank holiday. It's the May bank holiday. Yeah, exactly. And then the you can first, still have a day where you don't leave the flat, and you're like, cool. Yeah. I get my the classic Sunday vibe of like, don't want to do anything. Because I am fortunately am working on that Monday because I've got a cover for Mr. Davis while he is mm. shoot taking time off work. I've got to fill in for him. So I'm just going to have a regular two days uh, weekend, I think, like an absolute schmuck. Mm. That's Better the... You, yeah, it's it's fine. He's, he'll have a new hairline, I guess. I don't know what to expect from... Uh, Ollie having a brand new hairline because no. I've, had, I've got so used to it like of of his receding hairline and because I mean and, and maybe it's just because at, at Rust Talk we are a lot of balding men uh, I've been going bald since my early 20s you yourself in a similar boat Pete is still in his early 20s and is bald um, mm. it, it just feels like it like and Andy is holding on bless him to the hair that he has got, but it is not long for this world. And Adam wears a wig, obviously. Adam's always worn a wig. I mean, yeah, that just goes without saying. And Ollie was another one. He's got, you know, a receding hairline just the same as us. And I just kind of got used to that. So I don't know how it's going to look when he comes back and he's got a full-on hairline. Like, is he going to get a haircut? Like a hairstyle? 
Yeah, well, we've got to wait until we've got to wait and see if it takes. I guess is the thing because he might oh, come back yeah. with no hairline. <laughs> uh, the, there's a strong possibility that it doesn't take, but uh, fingers crossed that it does. Uh, but I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to seeing Ollie with like the big what what groovy hairstyles can I get now? Because he can't just go back to like just doing a bit of gel at the front. Like you've no. you've 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 gone full you've gone full on for having hair now, mate. You've got to go like above and beyond on the haircut that's what i think I, yeah i don't know what i would do if i still had hair now what haircut i would have i don't know mm. what i would do no i think i'd do frosted <laughs> tips <laughs> I'm fine, Michael just for, Colin, just for fun i think i do yeah i do i do frosted tips just for fun i think yeah we well, do anything. That's the thing is, I think if I had still, if I still had, I think the problem is, if I still had hair, I would have had hair this whole time. So I'd probably be very flippant about having hair, like, mm. uh, like a, like a, like a Simon Longdon type character. Just, I was about just to has, say, a Simon just has Longdon. hair and just, just gets on with hair, it. Prick doesn't even think about it all day, every day. Right. Like you know, just has hair. But like, if I went, if I got hair again now, you wouldn't be able to stop me going through hairstyles. I'd be trying them all. I'd be like, you know, like when you shave your beard and you're like, okay, cool. Mutton chops, mm-hmm. hit the moustache, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, work yeah. your way. You yeah. work your way from yeah. big to down. You go, you go down. Yeah, I'd do that with hair. Grow it all out and then be like, okay, let's cut it. I'll just spend one afternoon in the hairdresser's bin. Like, okay, now this haircut. Now this haircut. Yeah, yeah. An expensive hobby, but a hobby nonetheless. And sometimes hey. you just need a hobby. Mm. Um, well, let's draw this to a close. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will be back on. Oh, tomorrow, in fact, it's me and Denise uh, back once again, like Renegade Masters doing the magazine show. May have a little surprise uh, up our sleeves tomorrow, but nothing is confirmed as of yet. So do uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And then the intangibles, Tim, uh, Tim, Tempest, Tempest and Pete will be back on Saturday with the Smackdown review. Oh, and God. then I... I wish his name was Tempest. Tem- and Terry will also be back with myself and Laurie uh, when we do Raw next week. Uh, But thank you all so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 